0: this service father yes we ask that you bless this worship team father we yes, ask that you father.
1: bless our pastors father yes well. God. be with us each and every every day
0: I thank the Master, I think the Savior, I think God. My heart and change my name forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the master, I thank the savior. Yeah.
2: dancing. is so wonderful to be in your presence, Father. Lord Jesus, we ask, Father, that you just come in the midst of us, in the midst of the praise, in the midst of the worship. Lord Jesus, some hearts are not right and some are, but please have mercy and come and visit us anyway, Father. You said where two or three are gathered in your name, Father, that you are in the midst. And we want to see more of you, God. We want to see another side of you. Feel another something that we've never felt before, Father. We want you to touch us in a way we've never been touched before, Father. We want to think differently, Father, not in the flesh, but in your spirit. We want to be spirit and not flesh. Please come, Jesus. Please, Jesus, come. Come. now I just want everyone to just lift your voice and just pray your prayer. What do you want God to do for you today? What is your goal? Why are you here? Why are you here? Why do you worship? Script this morning. It's okay sometimes. We need to listen for Father. Sometimes it's a little awkward because it's like, where are we going, God? Where are you taking us, Jesus? find the place. Where does he want us to go this morning? There's nothing wrong with just telling him who he Like God is speaking to someone right now. Sometimes, in the midst of a bunch of words, we can't hear.
3: get caught up in, in trying to just do it the way we want to do it or we try to do it so perfect to please Him. And He says, sometimes I just want you to cry out to me. That's pleasing to me. That, that's what I want. That's, that's what I want from you. That's why I love it that we're, we're in here this morning and we stepped away from what they practiced. And it gets to be real. It gets to be from your heart. And that's what Father wants. Father wants your heart. He wants you to sing from your heart. He wants you to cry out from your heart. Doesn't have to be perfect. Doesn't even have to be in tune. He says, just worship me. And when we do that in unison, when we do that as a family, when we do that as, as this body of believers, and we come together and we cry out together, <laughs> that's what brings his presence. It's the unity, it's the oneness, it's the togetherness of a family crying out to a Father that loves us so much. And that's what it takes to walk into His presence. It's it's not walking in and watching a bunch of people sing. It's not walking in and listening to people sing and raising your hand. It's walking in and worshiping a Father in Heaven who loves you so much, who deserves your worship. He deserves your praise. And He cries out for it. He waits for us to cry out to Him. So I want to go back into that. I want to go right back into this. And I want to go right from the top. And I want you to cry out. I want it to be from you and not from them. They're going to play along. But I want it to be from you and not from them. I want, I want to hear from, from, from your heart, from your soul. We're going to cry out to Father this morning. Let's worship Him.
2: You give life. You give life. Right there.
0: the gates and let the king of glory come on we're just gonna open up these gates this morning open up the gates and let the king of glory in. come on that's easy just sing it again oh we say open up the gates and let the king of glory
3: every church right now Father every church that's Well, hey, welcome to Destiny. Do me a favor, find somebody you have not met yet. Say hello. We'll be right back. let you go you guys wouldn't even think about it you about an hour from now you'd be like hey are we gonna ever have service still be talking still be talking so that's fine keep going in the back that's that's fine it's okay just shake everybody's hand carry on it's okay I can stand up here all day I have proven that to you <laughs> Man, come on well good morning how's everybody doing Okay, okay, okay. That was really weak. I love it. How you guys doing this morning? Come on. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's what I like. So, uh, man, who's been touched by worship this morning? Come on. I'm telling you, sometimes you just got to let that thing flow and you got to let the Holy Ghost do what only he can do. And sometimes that just takes time. It, it just takes the right Man, sometimes it's just the right mix and the right timing, and, and it, it just works that way. So, man, we, we thank you for coming out. We love, we love, we love Destiny Church. I, if you're new here, I am DJ along with my wife Jules. We get the honor to pastor here at Destiny Church, and we love you guys so much. Um, this is family, so uh, if you're new to a church, this isn't a church. Really, we just call it a family because that's what we do. Uh, we do family. And uh, so that's if you're looking for family, you found it. So uh, but if you are new, do me a favor, fill out a connect card. Should have received that when you came in. Uh, You just fill that out for us. Let us know that you were here. We can reach out to you. We can pray for you. We can answer any questions about the church to you, Uh, but we won't hassle you. But we just want to definitely if you don't fill it out, I don't know you're here. So uh, I see you and I see faces, but I want to make sure that we can reach out to you and thank you for showing up. So Um, Man, we got some special people with us this morning, Uh, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law Sherry and Rich all the way from New Jersey, we love you guys, come on, so good, and we have brother Rick and Karen Littlejohn all the way from the Carolinas, (laughs) I just like to give shout outs to people when I see them when they come in from all over the place, it's just, it's fun, so anybody else from all over the place, I'll give you a shout out, come on, Miss Pam's back all the way from Texas, (laughs) Wherever she's been, (laughs) I don't even know where you've been, so that's awesome. Uh, Do me a favor, if you want to know about Destiny Church and what's going on, download our app, go to our website. You can get all that information out there. That'll tell you all about our weekday services, what's going on with our teens, our kids, and all those things. Um, So download that and check us out on the website. Now, there is one thing I want to bring up, and that's baptism. So we're going to be um, having our baptism is going to be on the 8th of August. So that's going to be the second Sunday this time, but it's going to be on the 8th of August. I look forward to seeing everybody here. Look, if you've taken that one step uh, and you said, look, I've, I've surrendered my life to Christ, but I haven't been baptized yet. This is the next step. This is the next thing for you. Or maybe, maybe you were baptized as a child. Maybe you, the last time you got baptized, you really didn't know what it meant, so you just did it. You can get baptized again. And just, man, I'm telling you, it, it, is, it is a great opportunity to come out and just, you know, it's kind of like professing your faith to everybody. It's, it's telling the world this is who I am, and I'm going to walk in this, and, I'm, and that, that's what I'm going to do. So that's what baptism is. Please go online, sign up for that. Let us know uh, that you want to do that so we can get everything geared up and, and ready for that weekend. You guys doing good? Come on, I like the excitement in the back. Come on. So I tell you what, I'm just going to pray. We're going to jump into a word today, Um, just what God's been doing in my life. So uh, that's kind of good. So let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you, Father. Oh, you're so good. And, Father, I ask you right now to touch my heart, Father. Start speaking to me, Lord. Touch something in my heart and just send it to my lips, Father God, and let it land on the ears and the hearts of everybody in this room, Lord. We surrender this all to you, Father God. Let it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So I'm excited because um, it's been several weeks, like three weeks, and we're back in identity. So, I, you know, we took a little break and we talked about different things that God wants us to talk about. And so he just kind of took us on this journey. But I believe now he's brought me back and said, no, it's time to go back to this because I'm not done. I'm not done yet. So he says, I'll, I still want to speak some stuff. I still want to talk to you about some things, and some things you might have heard before, some things maybe not. But he wants it to stick, and that's so important. So we're still in identity. It's only our 14th week. We're doing good. Hang in there. You know, if we can keep it under 30, it's going to be amazing. I'm just excited over this. Um, but I am, I'm excited about a lot of things. So uh, this week was uh, uh, one of those moments in our life that I can't even – begin to to express the joy in our lives right now because we we finally got internet at our house eight years with no internet where we live so for all the people that are like can't believe that they're just like seriously you haven't had internet no no so we are finally smart so i've waited this entire time and i've found i mean it yeah, I think it still took me longer to get a degree than it did to, to, to get Internet. But I'm telling you, we are finally smart. We're happy we have arrived. Um, so we bought two new smart TVs. I mean, this is great stuff. Like, what is this Netflix stuff? Y'all are going to have to start telling me stuff because I'm getting really excited. I, I see myself being totally zoomed away for a while, uh, just enjoying uh, what is smart. But, but here's what I love. This, it kind of hit me as I was thinking about that, and we were celebrating our Internet in our house. Like I said, for some of you guys don't get it, man. It's exciting. I'm like, this is really good. And, uh, but it's very biblical what I was feeling. Very biblical. Because this is what I figured out. It's how new believers feel. Okay, when someone comes to know Christ, they get so excited because they're like, what is this? Like everybody else already has it. And now I finally get it and I'm so fired up and so excited. And, and I felt the same way about internet. I'm like, everybody has internet. But to me it was something new. And here's the greatest part about it, is that you, who've had it for years and years and years and years, you got no more of the Internet than I have of the Internet. I have the same access now that you've had for years. Think of how biblical that is. He says, same thing, man. He says, says, look, I don't care how long you've known Christ, but you could just get to know him today, and you're going to have the same access and authority as somebody who has known him for 20, 30, 40 years. And when he started showing me that, I said, man, that's so good. It took me back to... uh, Um, the parable of the workers getting paid for the same wage. If you go back to Matthew, you can read it later. Matthew 20, 1 through 16. The guy has a vineyard, and he goes out to hire his workers, and he hires somebody for a set wage. He said, this is how much I'm going to pay you for a whole day. And they come. And then he realizes halfway through the day I need more people. So he goes to the same place and gathers more people. And then then he says, man, now there's an hour left in the day. I'm going to go grab those. I'm going to go back and get more because I want to finish today. So he goes back and gets more people for the last hour. And they were only there because nobody's asked them to come yet. And then when he brought them all back and he paid them for their wage, they all got paid the same. And he says, that's how it's going to be in my kingdom. It doesn't matter how long you've been in the kingdom and how long you've been waiting to be asked to join the kingdom, you're going to get paid the same. I'm going to love on you the same. I'm going to love on you the same as as I love on the one that comes before you and the one that comes after you. It's going to be the same love. And I love that. And in life, that's hard to receive because in life, we think the harder we work, the more we deserve. That's our philosophy. We go, if I just work harder, I'll get more. And God says, no, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You can't do anything to be loved more by God nothing he loves you right now you can't do anything to be loved more by him And people don't like that people don't like to hear that he, you know father he determines how much he loves you not you he determines it he says I love you no matter what you do he says your behavior doesn't determine how much I love you I do that's what he said he goes and, and he goes. Your prayer life doesn't determine how much I love you. I determine how much I love you. How much you fast doesn't determine how much I love you. He says I determine that. So he determines the amount of love. Now look, is it? It's this is why I say that because it's unconditional love, and the unconditional love of God can't be made conditional. You understand? The unconditional love of God cannot be made conditional. Now, do all those things that I just mentioned, fasting, prayer, and all that, does that bring favor? Does that bring, you know, on your life? Is there blessings with that? Yes. So, so can things get good, and can you be blessed? Absolutely. But he doesn't love you anymore. Okay, so I don't, I don't want you to get stumbled with that. This is huge when you think about this, that he loves you no matter what right now because he created you. You need to receive that this morning need to receive it because when you live out a life in union knowing that you are fully loved by God it changes everything and when you receive that and you receive the fact that you are loved by Abba it makes you qualified now you're qualified when you receive his love when you receive the fact that he loves you this much it qualifies you to be a source of radiance to be a source of light for other people that's what it means In Ephesians 5, 8 through 10. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to stay here for a second. It'll be on the screen if you don't, I think. I don't even know if I gave it to her, but that's okay. If not, I'm going to read it. So in Ephesians 5, 8 through 10, it says, Once your life was full of sin's darkness, but now you have the very light of our Lord shining through you because of your union with him. Why is it shining through you? Because of your union with him. Your mission is to live as children flooded with his revelation light. And the supernatural fruits of his light will be seen in you, goodness, righteousness, and truth. And then you will learn to choose what is beautiful to our Lord. So he says we have a mission. He's given us all a mission, and that's to live as children, flooded, saturated with Revelation light. That's huge. He goes, I need you to live like that. I need my light to flow from you, to drip on people. I need my light, which we've talked about before. His light is love, so I need your love. Right, And my love to flow from you and to be a light to everybody else. So we all have the same mission. And that's to be flooded with his light. And when we do that, we have what we call heaven on earth. Which takes me back to last week, because last week was amazing. If you missed it, I am so sorry you weren't here. And I don't even know if it compared to this. I'm just saying it was, it was powerful last week. Not that one week's better than the next but I loved it last week because we had, a, we had a word last week, and I was really sitting in His presence up here, and I was absorbing it. And it was quiet, and we're just sitting there, and you could just feel the presence of God just in this house. We weren't moving. And the Lord didn't tell me to move, and I really didn't care at that moment because <laughs> I was just standing up here, and I, I was, like, standing right over here, and I'm like, I don't know what to do because this feels – I started getting a little selfish. I was like, I'm not going to move because this feels really good. I don't care what anybody thinks. <laughs> so I'm just going to stay here. And then luckily the Lord <laughs> gave Miss Judith a, a word and she came up and she says, I want to recite a prayer. God gave me a prayer to say. And then she, she started reciting the Lord's prayer. And then we all started reciting it together. And in that, it was so awesome because it, it transitioned us from, from worship right into the word. He was like, no, look, I know you're you're enjoying this. He goes, but I'm good. Like, I'm satisfied right now. And it's time to roll. It's time to, it's time to start talking about what I told you to talk about. So it's this immediate tran- transition. It went, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's what we said last week. as We said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we all want the kingdom of heaven here on earth. We do that. We want that. right? And part of that um, that we talk about is because we want to walk in his power and his authority and what that's going to look like in heaven. So we're fired up. We're like, we should have heaven on earth because that's what it says. But before we do any of that, we need to understand who we are. See, there, there's, there's this identity that we have to have. And, and if you don't understand who you are in Christ, none of that happens. There's people that will get saved, and all they want to do is know their gifts so they can start casting out demons and doing what they believe is right. And God says, until you know who you are, I can't use you like that. And they want to know what's going on. So his kingdom will not come without union with him. So you have to have a oneness with him. You have to be connected to him. You need to understand your identity through him and in him. So am I talking about dominion? Yes. Do we want his dominion? Yes. Do we want his authority? Yes. His power? Yes. His governmental rule? Yes. All that stuff we want to come. But all those things happen, right, once we understand who we are in him. There's a foundation, and we've been talking about this for a long time, but that foundation is what gets us there. It's the fellowship and the union with God that helps usher in the authority and the governmental system of the Lord. That's what ushers it in. So you can try as hard as you want, which is why we still still deal with darkness today. It's why we still deal with a lot of things today, because we've been casting out demons for years, and nothing's changed. And he says, until my light shines until we all have oneness in union with Him, until we're all gathered together, braided together with Him, that's when my kingdom comes. And I know Kevin's been talking about this. We've been talking about spiritual warfare, all that stuff. And I'm not trying to deny any of that stuff. I believe It's all pertinent. But what I'm saying is don't forget to go back to the foundation. It all happens when you understand who you are. See, some people just want to go in and attack Like, let's attack. But, you know, I shared it with my brother-in-law. I said, it's kind of like playing football and everybody's got the same jersey on. (laughs) If you don't know who you are and who you belong to, sometimes you're just hitting the wrong person. You don't know how to defend yourself. You don't know anything because there's no identifier. But when you identify with God, his love, your belovedness, all that stuff that's inside of you, the way he made you, helps you identify with him and puts you on the right team. So you're not authorized to function in authority without union with the Father. All that stuff sounds good. We all want to be part of that, but there's a baseline to it, and that's being in a union and knowing who he is. And there's some scripture with that, and I'll show you in the, the, the seven sons of Skeva. that's a perfect one for this, because you'll see people trying to do this, and I've shared it with you before, and they can't, and this is why, because they don't have union in Acts 19, 13 through 15. Uh, this is from the ESV I'll be reading from. But it says, then some of the uh, Internet, uh, Internet, <laughs> look, I'm off. The Internet Jews, <laughs> man, I'm so excited about Internet. I can't get it out of my mind. itinerant Jews, exorcists, it undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. So in other words, they were saying it's who Paul proclaims, not us. So seven sons of the Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. But the evil spirit answered them, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I recognize, but you, who are you? So he's trying to do what everybody else is doing, but they're already in union. They already have identity. They already know who they are in Christ. And they didn't, and therefore, it didn't work. That's why when we say stuff like, in Jesus' name, that's just not a tagline after your prayer. You just don't throw it in there just to say, in Jesus' name. (laughs) That's not what that is. It's his will. Okay, it, it's His will. I'll get it. I, I got a whole sermon on that. Just think about this: praying in Jesus' name means the same thing as praying according to the will of God. It's in union with Him. It's praying according. It's just not a tag. You just don't throw it out there. Okay. So anyway, when we get it seated in beloved identity, this is when our love, right? This is when our love reaches the believers. And then we were talking about this kind of this morning, but uh, this has been on my heart that that we have the hardest time um, as believers. Our beloved identity is the worst amongst believers. Why? Because we get offended by believers. We get offended by church members. I hear it all the time. People say, well, I got church hurt over here and something happened in church over here. And they're all believers. Right. So so it says that when when you get your identity, beloved identity, it shows up in the believers first. So here you go walking around saying how much your church hurts you. And then you're telling people to come to church and they're like, why would I come to church? That doesn't sound that fun. Why would I go in any place where, where people are acting like that and doing those things and talking about you and backstabbing you? I know I'm not talking about this church, but and I appreciate that. But what I'm saying is this is what happens. So it reaches the believers first. And then once you have satisfied that need amongst the believers in a belovedness, a love, a unity, braided together as a family, then he says, now I'll let you connect with the lost. He says, now let me get you out the door and go. And now, now you can look for lost people, people that just don't know Jesus. They're not doing anything bad, they just don't know Jesus. And he goes, now you're going to be able to love on them with an identity that they don't know about. But it starts in the church, right, with believers, then it says, I'm taking you to the lost. And then the very last step is the lost that are wicked. It's those people that that are just not doing well in life and are doing things of evil. And he says, they need your help too. But you can't go to them until you've already satisfied the needs of the others because you need to know what love is. You need to do it to the ones closest to you, and we have the hardest time with the closest ones. It's easy to love on somebody who's lost. They don't know Jesus, man. It's easy to love on them. They go, I've never felt this before. This is awesome. But when you try to love on somebody that knows the word and, 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 and you just have different of opinions. We are not made to have opinions in a church. Don't take that the wrong way. You have an opinion. But what I'm saying is, if the, your opinion goes against somebody else's opinion and it causes division in a church, was it right? Was it really God? Or was it just you being selfish, thinking that you're better than somebody? That happens a lot, but darkness is out there, but the but but darkness is simply an announcement, and you see this in scripture it's an announcement there's light coming. So we get all caught up with darkness, and we say, "Well, look how bad it is out there. look what's happening in the world. It must be end times. this is it. And you don't realize that that for light to shine, the darkness is coming. If you go back to isaiah sixty one three In the Passion, it says, Rise up in splendor and be radiant, for your light has dawned, and Yahweh's glory now streams from you. So Yahweh's glory streaming from you. When? Look carefully. Darkness blankets the earth, and thick gloom covers the nation. But Yahweh rises upon you. So when there's darkness in the earth, when it's thick and gloomy out there, it's not the end of the world. It's time to light up. It's time to, to, to light that, that, that fire inside of you. It's time to let God's light shine through you so we can start changing something in this world. That's what we're here for. We're like the biggest change agents out there. That's why he left us here. So we can do his work, right? So we, we can have heaven on earth. But we can't sit around and wait for it. We actually got to do something with it. Darkness is simply an announcement of the coming of an amazing light. We tend to think it means everything's out of control, but if you really think about it, if you go back to Isaiah 9, Scripture says, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. So, so we can't give in to darkness. darkness. is not Darkness is just absence of light. So we all have the light, we're just not taking it to the right places. We're just not loving enough, we're just not being him enough, therefore there's still darkness in the world. It's not that we didn't cast out enough demons. It means we didn't go out and love enough. And that's what you see here. And it says right here in Isaiah 6, 9, it says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. So if there's not going to be an end, then what are we worried about? (laughs) We get caught up with all that other stuff. He says there's no end it's not going to go away we just have to choose what we're willing to live in we can allow the darkness to come in or we can we can be the light and we can change things we can be the change agent to this to this world okay so so darkness only exists because we allow it to so think about that darkness is still in your workplace because you haven't brought light darkness is in your school because you didn't bring light Darkness could still be in your family because you didn't bring light. There's a lot of things we say they're just bad people or it's just that way, but it's not. God puts you in a position to make a difference. And he says, if you'll just start showing up and doing what I ask you to do, you'll be light. I'm going to shine through you because I put you in position to do those things. So once we start admitting the, the God light the way we should, then darkness must flee. See, that's when darkness flees. When, when the light comes, darkness must flee. So my biggest thing today is how do we get saturated with that light? How do we emit that light? I kind of shared some of this and Tuesday at the table, but I was like, man, this really needs to go out to the whole church. So I'll, be, I'll probably piece some of this together. So how do you get saturated? Well, you've got to accept what? You've got to accept your new identity and spend time with him. So that's the first way. And I'm going to give you some examples in the Bible here. You've got to allow him to love you more than anybody else could you got to allow that, because a lot of times you'll start saying you're not worthy. I'm not worthy. Why do you love me? I did this, or I've got this. And he says, no, I love you. Okay, so you got to allow yourself to be loved by the Father. Okay, so how do we trust him and what he is saying about you if, 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 not, if it's not what everybody else says? So, in other words, so uh, what if he's saying that, but other people around you are telling you something different? We get caught up in that a whole bunch. That affects us a whole bunch. I'm going to talk to you about somebody in the Bible that, that, that this affected them and didn't affect them. But once you're flooded, once you understand that, then it says the fruits of his light will be seen on you. That's what the word says, that they'll see it once you're saturated. When people yield, that's the other part. You've got to yield to it. You've got to yield to his union, um, which leads to, to, to the envelopment of light and brilliance. That's what that leads to. So you can't strive your way into it. You can't work your way into it. Okay, you just got to receive it. That's what it says. And you need to receive my light. So, so you need to be in his presence and spend time with him. That's the first thing you need to do. Um, and that's as much as possible. What's that look like? We've talked about this before. For some of us, it means worship more, read the word more, pray more, all those little things. But I want to go right to Matthew 17, one through 3. I'm going to pick this up. It's up on the screen it says six days later, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, Jacob, who is James and John, and hiked up the mountain to be alone. So here he is. He, he just so they had to be in the presence of the Lord and they got asked. So they had to yield to that. They had to say, OK, use me. I say yes. That's what they said. We're going to say yes is all he said. So these three guys say yes. And they hiked up the mountain to be alone. Then Jesus, Jesus, appearance was dramatically altered. A radiant light as bright as the sun poured from his face, and his clothing became luminescent, dazzling like lightning. He was transfigured before their very eyes. Then suddenly Moses and Elijah appeared, and they spoke with Jesus. But Peter blurted out, Lord, it's so wonderful that we are all here together. If you want, I'll construct three shrines, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. But while Peter was still speaking, a bright, radiant cloud spread over them enveloping them all and God's voice suddenly spoke from the cloud saying this is my dearly loved son the constant focus of my delight listen to him and the three disciples were dazed and terrified by this phenomenon and they fell face down to the ground but Jesus walked over and touched them and said get up stop being afraid when they finally opened their eyes and looked around they saw no one else but Jesus so here's the thing they had to say yes They had to yield to him, and they had to be in the presence. Guess what? (laughs) That cloud didn't just cover Jesus. It covered all three of them because they were in close proximity to him because they were braided together with him in relationship. When that cloud showed up, that brilliance, that light, it all covered all of them. Now, Jesus was glowing, but that light filled them up. It's God light. They're talking about a God light. That's what filled them up, the Father. And then they went down the mountain, and it goes on to say Jesus told them don't say anything about this, you know, for a while, (laughs) a couple days. But here, what you see is you see that, that they're saying yes, so therefore they were filled up. Now, I can imagine what they felt like, because I don't think that was just something that was, you know, like they didn't realize it, like why is there a light? I'm pretty sure it rocked them. I'm pretty sure it wrecked them. I'm pretty sure they got so filled up. They didn't know what to do. They were full of joy. I'm sure they were like, we got to go tell somebody what we just saw because I'm so filled up with light and joy and love. I can't wait to go express it to the world. It engulfed them. It filled them up all at once. So they had to be glowing. That's me. I'm saying they're glowing too, but they're glowing on the inside. So they were what I call saturated. They were saturated with God's light, God's love, and everywhere they walked, it was dripping from them. It was just dripping off from them. I love it. And it's only because they experienced him. Why? Because they were in close proximity. They said yes. They were willing to yield to that and go up the mountain. And after you experience something like that, you can't be the same. Once you experience that, that being filled with his light, you won't be the same. So that's the first thing you have to do. Is, is understand that. And you need to know your identity. That's the second thing. You need to know your identity. And there's a special person in the Bible that didn't know her identity, and that was Mary. Everybody's like, Mary, yeah, it's, I love what the Bible says about this. She doubted, but she also had to yield to the Father, but she didn't know her identity. And when you read through it in Luke 1, 26 through 35, it says, During the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God's presence to an unmarried girl named Mary, living in Nazareth, a village in Galilee. She was engaged to a man named Joseph, a true descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Rejoice, beloved young woman, for the Lord is with you, and you are anointed with great favor. That confused her. So, so Mary was deeply troubled, troubled over the words, and the angel of the angel and bewildered over. What this may mean for her. But the angel reassured her, saying, Do not yield to your fear, Mary, for the Lord has found delight in you. Does that sound familiar? It's Hephzibah. He said, Don't fear your Hephzibah. The Lord has found delight in you. We talked about Hephzibah for, we're still talking about it. It's your delight, the the delight is in you, and has chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift. So she had to be told who she was. She needed to understand her identity. She had no clue why the angel showed up. She was a little confused over her own identity. Because who knows what happened in her life? You don't know what people told her. You don't know what was going on. You don't know her family. You don't know any of that stuff. All you know is that the Lord had to tell her, my delight is in you. You will become pregnant with a baby boy, and you are to name him Jesus. He will be supreme and will be known as the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will enthrone him as king on the throne of an ancestor David, of his ancestor David. He will reign as king of Israel forever, and his reign will have no limit. So Mary said, but how could this happen? I'm still a virgin. Like, how? Now, now, now she's like, okay, now I'm doubting a little bit. <laughs> like, I'm, 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 I can't do that. And then Gabriel answered, The spirit of holiness will fall upon you and almighty God will spread his shadow of power over you in a cloud of glory. That's how it's going to happen. And this is why a child will be born. The child born to you will be holy and he will be called the son of God. It's the same cloud. The same cloud that helped transfigure Jesus, the same cloud that 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 just filled them up with God's light was the same cloud that came in and put the light inside of Mary same cloud. You can look at it even in the, uh, where it breaks down the footnotes, it says the Greek word used as a metaphor metaphor is spread his shadow over you. It's also the word used in Jesus' transfiguration when the cloud of glory overshadowed Jesus on the mountain. The same one. So the Holy Spirit is going to fill him up with light and love. So Mary's pregnancy was because of a cloud. His cloud his light, his love. So what if she didn't believe? She had a choice to make. She had to say yes, right? Same thing. She had to say yes, she had to yield. Luckily, she didn't listen to anybody else because what would have happened after that when she's walking around and she's pregnant and people are going, something's wrong. She had choices to make in that, right? She had choices to make and she had, she had to do what? Trust in the Father. She had to deal with all these people saying bad things about her. Everybody saying she wasn't who she really was. Everybody denying her identity. Kind of sounds like what we deal with in our life when we do something wrong, and all of a sudden that's our new identity, right? And we have to try to live in that. But she had to accept who she was. She had to accept that she's Hephzibah. But because of that, she was filled with light. It's God's light. I don't know who this is for, but you're not a design flaw. God doesn't make mistakes. You're not a design flaw. You are made perfectly in the image that he wanted you to be. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It doesn't matter what's happened in your life. He said, I have made you perfectly the way I want you to be. It's nothing you've done. It's nothing somebody's done to you. He says, I'm going to use everything about you. So quit trying to change it. Quit trying to be like everybody else. I didn't make you to be like everybody else. I made you to be you. And I want to use you. Mm. You know, I think about this. Because sometimes there's people that are going to tell you different things. Sometimes it's your family members. They're going to tell you you're not good enough. You're not strong enough. You you can't do this. You can't do that. You're not loved. They're going to tell you all those things. You're going to have to grow up in it sometimes some of you did some of you grew up in a place where you were never told you were going to succeed sometimes it could be somebody close to you that leaves you or walks away from you and says you're not good enough and you try to live with that identity and God's saying that's not the identity I gave you he says I've re-identified you and sometimes it's by the world sometimes the world has to classify people and 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 put people in categories that's what they like to do they like to categorize us I think about this uh, when I think of baseball cards. Anybody collect baseball cards anymore? I don't even know if you do. I used to collect baseball cards. What I notice about baseball cards is they're mass produced, but every once in a while, right, there's what we call an error card. They call it an error card, but it's an error card. And what it has, it has something unique that nobody else has on that one card. And because it's so unique, it's very valuable. So why do we get so caught up in the fact that we have unique people all over the place? Could be in your family, could be in your work. These are the people that are unique that God says they have value because guess what? They're unique. I made them that way. But we try to put them in categories. We try to devalue them. We try to say, you're not worthy. You're not going to be good enough. You can't do those things. And God says, no, you're and I'm not going to use it in a bad term like error card. But he goes, you have unique values that I made specifically for you because I know I'm going to use it in you and through you. And if you didn't have those, you wouldn't be able to reach those people that I need you to reach. So when you walk out in your life, whatever you've done, or you say, Well, God's forgiven me, but how do I live with that? He says, I'm going to use you to reach people that are living with that. I'm going to use you to be light to people that nobody else can touch. So maybe the reason why your kids are different is because God made them different. Look, I've struggled with this. I thought every one of my kids was supposed to be a star athlete. Because I love sports, and I thought, that's good for you. Like, we'll all go play sports, and you guys are going to be great, and then you'll get college scholarships, and it's all going to be wonderful. So I pushed it on my kids. And my two older kids played sports, and, you know, one of them went went to college for, 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 for athletics. But my youngest one, she didn't. She wanted nothing to do with it. And that hurt me because I'm like, no, this is what I want you to do. You don't understand. This is very important in your life. You need to learn how to win and lose. (laughs) Like, this is what it's all about. And I would watch my daughter as she was was growing up, and all she's doing is digging in rocks and playing in the dirt. And I'm like, ah, like, what's that going to get you? Like, what are you doing? There's got to be more than that in life than digging in dirt. Well, now she's uh, getting to be a junior in college, and she's studying archaeology and anthropology. Why? Because that's what God put in her heart. And I tried to change it over and over again. I said, try sports. Anything. I want you to know what it feels like. God says, hold on. She's unique because I'm going to use her in a position that I need her in. Because I know she knows me. And therefore, I made her for something specific. So quit trying to change it. We try to get everybody to be like everybody else. And God says, just be what I made you to be. And it happens all throughout. You see it all. Look at. Did you know, and I got this, uh, uh, Damon Thompson mentioned this. I didn't even know this, but but Eli Musk. Everybody know who Eli Musk is? Okay. Um, he has Asperger's syndrome. He made that announcement. And they say people with that, they, they interpret the environment around them differently than other people. That's what they do. They just interpret things differently. But because he didn't submit to that, he didn't say, you know what, because I have that, and that's been claimed over my life, somebody spoke that over my life, a doctor said I have that because he didn't, he didn't submit to that. He's now like one of the richest men in the world, and he's changing lives through his witty inventions that God gives him. And everybody else goes, that guy's a little weird, right? But what do we do? We try to put him in categories, and we try to say, well, why don't you just try this? This would be safer. Why don't you just do this? You're going to make more money if you do something like this. And we try to take our kids and people out of what God really wants them to be because it doesn't look normal to us. You know how many famous people have autism? Everybody thinks, you know, they go, well, my kids got autism. What am I going to do? Love them because God loves them and God made them that way. (laughs) I mean, seriously, and God's going to use them in a mighty, mighty way. But what you do is you go, now what do I do? And we put it like it's some kind of thing on them where they can't succeed in life. And God says, no, they're unique. They're special. Wait till you see what I do with them. But because the doctor puts a label on them, we tend to treat them different. You know, I look at this and I look at all these famous people that, that have autism. Dan Aykroyd, an actor. Tim Burton, a movie director. Lewis Carroll, the author of Alice in Wonderland. Emily Dickerson. Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein. Bobby Fischer, chess grandmaster, Bill Gates, Thomas Jefferson, Steve Jobs, Michelangelo, Mozart, Sir Isaac Newton, Jerry Seinfeld, and Satoshi Tajiri. He's the creator of Pokemon. (laughs) Daniel, thank him. I'm just telling you that that these are all people that have and were declared with autism. That they said, "You know, I don't care what you say, because God's going to use me in that area. God has something special for me, and I'm not going to back down on what everybody else thinks." So they just followed through with their identity, with what God put in their heart. They didn't listen to everybody else when they said, "That's kind of weird." I know what that's like. Look, I've done it. I've looked at my kids and said, "Why are you doing that? That's not normal." They work out okay. <laughs> Sometimes they take the long road around, but they get back to where they need to be. But, yeah, what would have happened if all those people would have quit? If all those people would have listened to everybody else but God? And, look, you say, well, what if they don't know God? God spoke to them. God was driving them. God made them. You can't deny that. Whether they have a relationship with them or not, he says, I made them. And I made them in my image, and they're perfectly and wonderfully made just the way they are. That's why we receive that and we accept that. But in our world, if you're not normal, we don't know what to do with that. That's why we need, this is why we need authentic fathers. Spiritually, physically authentic fathers to take your unique children and love on them. Like never before. When someone says you can't do something, your job is to say, tell them to come to me. I want to show them what they can't do because they're not going to speak to my kids that way. They're not going to tell me what my kids can't do. But it starts with the fathers. I'm going to put it right back on the dance. You need authentic fathers to speak that. It, it, it's just what it takes. It takes somebody to wrap their arms around them and say, that ain't going to happen, and I'm going to protect you from it. Hmm. All right. Move on before I lose it. The third thing you can't do is you can't resist it. You need to know your identity. you got to quit trying to be like everybody else, and you can't resist it. Another person in the Bible they talk about that tried to resist it but couldn't was Saul. You see it in Acts 9, 4, right? So Saul runs into Jesus, <laughs> and he's filled with a radiant light. It says, just outside the city, a brilliant light flashed from heaven suddenly exploded all around him falling to the ground. He heard a booming voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Same light. The same light. And it wrecked him. Why did it wreck him? Why did it blind him? It says it blinded him. You know why it blinded him? Because he had a skewed perspective. He didn't have the right perspective. That's why it blinded him. He I'm going to take your eyes and you're going to have to see what I see. Your perspective is going to be braided with my perspective. It's going to be one. I believe that's why he took his eyes. He goes, you you have this perspective that everything else is, is not the way it's supposed to be. It's called haplos. It's a single perspective. We have to have a single perspective, one that's braided and weaved in with the Father. And I get that if you go to Luke 11, 34 through 36. It says, the eyes of your spirit... Allow revelation light to enter into your beings. Those eyes are not your eyes. It's the, the eyes of your spirit. The perspective uh, allows you to allow revelation light to enter your being. It's your perspective of who he is. And when your heart is open, the light floods in. But when your heart is hard and closed, the light cannot penetrate and darkness takes place. So open your heart and consider my words. Watch out that you do not, that you do not make mistake a mistake I'm sorry. Watch out that you do not mistake your opinions for revelation light. If your spirit burns with light, fully illuminated with no trace of darkness, you will be a shining lamp reflecting rays of truth by the way you live. Big caution in there was don't let your opinions, don't get mistaken that your opinions are revelation light. It'll be, be backed up by the word. it be, be backed up by, by father and what he wants. So, Saul had opinions that were not braided together with the Father. Look at Saul, Saul was what? He, he was the, one of the, the chief, like Pharisees. He, he knew everything. So Saul, Saul was killing Christians. His own opinion, right? Going against the Father. Now, Saul knew the law, Saul knew everything about the law. He didn't know love. That was Saul's problem. He had no clue where the light was. He was not filled with the light, but he was filled with the law, and he was so smart, and he said, guess what? I'm going to blind you. I'm going to take that away from you, and you're going to have one perspective. It's going to be braided with mine, married with mine, and you're going to be filled with light, and that light's going to help. And guess what? That light's going to flow through you, and it's going to change the world. Come on. It changed. Well, that's why we have most of the, the New Testament. <laughs> it's because the light f- flowed through him. Why? Because he had to change his perspective. Did he do bad things? Absolutely. Did that mean God wasn't going to use them? Absolutely not. He says, now I can use you even more because you've been through some stuff. I know some things. Doesn't that come off a commercial somewhere? <laughs> I don't know which one it is. Farmers, farmers insurance, that's what it is. But yes, when, you, when your per- perspective is, is, is weaved in with his, then your whole being becomes light. When you think the way he thinks, when you think the way he thinks about you, you become light. So what happens then when you get the light? This is the cool part. See, this is where heaven comes to earth. See, we got it all backwards, right? We always want to do all those things. Now you get to see it. Once you're filled with his light, once you're filled up and you go, now I know who I am. I have a a beloved identity. I know who I am in Christ. He says, now look what happens in Acts 19, uh, 11 through 12. It says, and God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. So that even handkerchiefs and aprons that, that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick. And the, their diseases left them and the evil spirits came out of them. He didn't have to do anything. He was so filled with delight. That wasn't happened with him before. He knew all the books. He knew everything about what the Torah said. He knew all that stuff. But guess what? People weren't falling out. People weren't getting healed by a cloth that he touched. See, he's so saturated, it was saturating everything on him. And all they had to do was get close. That's God's light. That's how it's supposed to operate in your life. Like, you're so loved. You understand you're so loved. You start loving other people that same way, and guess what? You can walk near somebody, and they're going to go, man, something different. There's something different about that person. That's how it flows. See, that's how heaven comes to earth. So all these people were encountered. All these people were, were covered by a cloud of light. Hmm. You'll see it again when you look at... Uh, Acts five fifteen through 16, Acts 5, 15 through 16. It says, in fact, when people knew Peter was going to walk by and Peter was simply, guess what? It doesn't say anything like like God covered Peter. It, no, Peter went up. Right. The cloud covered him and James and John. Right. And now it says right here, it says, in fact, when people knew Peter was going to walk by, they carried the sick out to the streets and laid them down on cots and mats, knowing the incredible power emanating from him would overshadow them and heal them. Great numbers of people swarmed into Jerusalem from the nearby villages. They brought with them the sick and those troubled by demons, and everyone was healed. Everyone was healed by the light that was dripping off people. So what's more important, understanding how to cast out demons or understanding that you're loved? (laughs) Come on, love will change the world. And I'm not downplaying the rest. I'm saying there's a place for everything. But what I'm saying is that when you're filled up with love, you'll change the world. That's how we do this. That's, how, that, that, that's what happens now. We get filled up with love, and it's going to spread out to everything we do and everybody we touch. You guys getting something so far? We good? It's kind of quiet in here. I like it. So that's the key. When we accept who we are in Father's eyes, then we can operate just the way we've been praying kingdom authority here on earth starts with your identity hey when we do that lives are going to be changed people are going to be healed right people are going to be restored demons have to flee darkness has to flee and all that without casting anything out you get so filled up you'll walk in a room and it has to leave that's powerful right there you didn't have to work for it either you just had to be in his presence say yes and allow him to flow through you Get so saturated in, in that. I mean, and yeah, worship and prayer and fasting, all that's awesome. And that, that helps. I believe that helps. But what I'm saying is you don't need all that stuff. He still loves you without all that stuff. But I'm saying, man, when you get filled up with that stuff, you can change the world by walking in a place. You can be the one. God will flow through you. So we do have the same authority and access to the Father as Jesus has. We are sons and daughters. He's the son. Same access and authority. What we lack, what stops us from doing what he was doing, was the simple fact of our proximity to him, our relationship with him, us believing in who we are. That's what stops it, the yes. How many times do you say no when, when, when Father tells you to do something? He puts it on your heart and you go, oh, I don't have time, I can't do that. And he says, well, the only difference between you and Jesus, you would say yes. <laughs> But, but that's what I believe. I believe that this is, this is how it's supposed to be. So when we get in the union, the closeness, we have the authority. So my goal for you is that you live so illuminated and you get in such the presence of the Lord that it gets so caught up in you. It's like Peter and John and James that it needs to come out somewhere. And then like I talked before, it's like lasers coming out of your eyes. And it's going to come out of your eyes. It's going to come out of your hands when you touch people. It's going to come out of every part. It's going to come out of your mouth when you speak words. It's going to come with the power of the Holy Ghost. And that's how we're going to change the world. But it starts with you. It starts, all this starts with you. It's you with a want to say yes. It's you with a want to be in his presence. Hmm. And So what's going to happen? What, what happens when the, when the world finally sees a large group of people that do this? We haven't seen it yet not seeing a large group of people go out fully filled up with His love and shine light on earth. It just doesn't happen. He won't be able to contain what He's ready to do. And we're just sitting there waiting on it. We're waiting on it. It's building up. Receive it. Understand it. Accept it. Draw near to it. Because He's going to use you in a mighty way, and it's going to trigger, and it's going to trigger, and trigger, and pretty soon it's going to be like dominoes, and it's just going to be, man, <laughs> we're all going to be falling down. (laughs) But it's going to be because of his presence. Hmm. So what did Jesus do to produce transfiguration? He was there in the presence of the Father. What did Mary do? She yielded to the Father and said, this is my new identity. What did Peter do? How did Peter heal people? He just walked by (laughs) them. Didn't take much effort. He was so filled up, he just had to walk by them. What did Paul have to do to change his perspective? He had to get wrecked by the Holy Ghost. <laughs> he got wrecked by the Father. And because of all that, because of all that, and everything we talked, this is, this is how we get revelation light out to the world. It doesn't take a bunch. Don't be scared by it. Don't think you have to do a whole bunch. Don't think you don't have enough time to do it. You just have to receive it. And when that happens, we change the world. Amen? You guys good? All right, that was intermission. We'll go. Ahead. Just kidding. I love y'all. I do. I do want to. I do want to pray with some people because um, I think this is important. I think we have people in the room, and we're going to have people that watch this online later on. And I believe. I believe they struggle with being in His presence. I believe they struggle trying to figure out how do I do that. How do I spend more time with him? How do I pray more? How how can I just be in his presence? How can I trust that? So you're on my heart this morning. I also believe there's people that uh, need to break off the chains of an identity that was given to them by other people. Be it from your parents, be it, you know what? Sometimes we're our worst enemies. You need to break the chain off an identity you put on yourself. Quit thinking about all the bad thoughts. Because that's not who Father is. He doesn't think that way about you. I love it. Uh, if you want to know how Father thinks about you, this morning, uh, Jim Paul was sitting out in the foyer with his grandbaby on his lap. Previous to that, she was in here crying, which is the greatest sense of worship ever, by the way. And I walked by and it almost got, I was getting wrecked standing there because I just saw this little baby in the arms of the Father sitting close to him and so comfortable and so loved. That she wasn't crying no more. And she was right next to him. And that's how Father grabs you. That's how he wants to treat you. He says, I give you that. Climb up in my lap. Get close. Put your head next to my heart and let me love on you the way I want to love you. Quit denying it. Get rid of all that stuff that, stopped, that you think stops you from coming that close to a father that just loves you. Okay? Like I said, nothing can change his love for you. It's unconditional. Quit trying to put a condition to it. So I believe there's people here that need to break that off. You need to walk in freedom today. There's some of you that need that same perspective as the Father. You need to be braided with his perspective, and you don't, you just you struggle with that because you've got your own opinions, you've got your own ways of doing things, and you believe it's right. You need to get rid of that today. You need to surrender that today. Because that'll break us down as a church family. It'll break you down in a community, it'll break down a family. As one just having different opinions because you think your opinion counts more than anybody else's it doesn't you all have an opinion it's just an opinion <laughs> God still loves you whether that's your opinion or not he still loves you so you need to allow him to fill you up this morning allow him to fill you up allow father to wrap his arms around you I want to invite our prayer teams forward if you're on a prayer team come on up because if you need prayer this morning I want you to come down for that I want you to come down and be loved this morning i want want people to pray over you i want you to feel freedom when you walk out of here this morning and they'll be open to talk to you about that the next group of people i think i really need to talk to are those that just don't know jesus and everything i've just spoke about him you're like that's just not what i've ever heard like that's someone completely different than i've ever heard talking to you because this is your first step your first step is understanding who he is and having a relationship with him that's the first step of identity is understanding who you are in him you know ephesians 2 8 and 9 says for by grace you have been saved by faith nothing you did could ever earn this salvation for it was the love gift from god that brought us to christ so no one will ever be able to boast for salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving he says I want to give you something free this morning I just want to give it to you and I want you to receive it he goes it's my love it's just my love you didn't earn it you can't all you can do is hold your arms out and receive it the Bible says in Romans Romans 10 9, 10 that if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead you will be saved you will be saved it's not the prayer that saves you it's the belief in your heart it's understanding that you want to draw closer to him that you accept him into your life and you allow him to do what only he can do the prayer helps you get there because I didn't know how to pray when I did it so someone praying with me helped me that's how I did it so I believe that that's you this morning you need to repent that's part of it repentance will come I believe this, that sometimes we get so focused on the sin, you can't quit it. It becomes really difficult when you focus on the sin. But when you focus on how much He loves you, the sin goes away. So we don't, we, we don't, we don't, have, a, we don't have a sin problem, we have an identity problem. That's why we deal with sin so much, because we have an identity problem. When you understand who you are and how much He loves you, man, that triggers something in you that only wants to do good, that only wants to be the light everything else will go away so i believe there's people this morning that this is this is for you you've never accepted that identity maybe you've said a prayer before but you just hadn't felt that change well today's the day now you can so with every head bowed every eye closed so nobody's looking i don't want you to feel uncomfortable and you should be shouting it from the rooftop but i don't want you to feel uncomfortable so if that's you this morning, nobody's looking. I want to pray for you. We're going to pray. I'm not going to call you all We're going to pray as a church. But I just want to know in my heart who I'm praying for. So if that's you and you say, I want to receive Jesus into my life, I want to make sure that, that when I die that I know where I'm going. Could you just raise your hand so I can see it real quick? doesn't have to be long. I just need to know I'm praying with somebody. Come on, come on, come on. All right, all right. Good, 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 good. This is what I love. So we get to pray together. Uh, as a family so if you say this prayer and you believe in your heart that jesus died on the cross for you then says you'll be saved so let's pray together jesus i need you i kept you out of my life for too long i can't do it on my own change me come into my life be my savior i know you died on the cross and you rose again just for me today i surrender my life to you in jesus name amen and amen come on let's put our hands together that's so important i love i love what god's doing in the house um look that was your first step your second step is baptism. Man, if you said that prayer today and you believe it in your heart for the first time, fill out a connect card. Let us know so that we can, we can reach out to you. We have information. You're not in this alone. We have information for you. I want to guide you through that. I wanna, we want to coach you through that. We want to walk with you. That's, that's Discipleship is actually walking together in love with people and showing them how to live a life. So you're not in this alone. So allow us to do that. Fill out a connect card. Let us know so we can reach out to you and sign up for baptism because that's the next step, man. We get to we get to baptize people on the 8th, so please uh, sign up online. You guys good? You get something today? Everybody good? Come on. Let me. I love you guys. I'll turn it over to Kevin and see what he wants to do.
1: <laughs> All right, Patty, I'm in. Amen. Praise God. Go, go ahead and stand to your feet. Get some blood flowing. I know some of y'all are cold. is good. Some of y'all got it. Here we go. God is good. And all the time. Amen. He is. You know, God is so, so good. He really is. And He saw you when He placed you in your mother's womb, when He formed you and created you, and when He pulled the Spirit out of heaven and placed it in you and in your mother's womb. He knew you. in my life, and it wasn't the healings, or, you know, the demons, or the angels, and this and that, I remember just, it was his love, it was his love, that's what did it for me, I, I couldn't believe that God would love somebody so, feelful. so chained up, tied up, on drugs, and just... Why would the creator of the world, the God who sits on the throne in heaven, love me? I didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve all I deserved was death. Because the wages of sin is death. But he loved me. He loved me. moment in your life God has been there he's there he's here now Jesus said I will never leave you or forsake you never never he's not going anywhere and listen he's not scared about what you've done he's not scared about what you might be in right now he's not scared he's with you and he loves you It doesn't matter if you say, God, I hate you. Leave me alone. It doesn't matter. He loves you. You're not going to scare him off. He loves you. So this morning, as we go into a time of worship with our offerings and our tithes, I just want to pray. If you guys will close your eyes and bow your head. I'm going to pray, and then we're just going to go into a small time of worship. Sarah can come up, and some of the team, if they're here. Oh, Father God, we just thank you. God, who are we that you would love us so much? (laughs) Your word says that we are your sons and your daughters. That's who we are. And you love us. You love us so much, God. I thank you that you love us like a little kid, like a baby. Like Pastor DJ was saying, Father, you love us, and you just want to hold us in your arms and love on us, God. And open our eyes and show us who we really are, Father. I thank you. God, I ask you in the name of Jesus, God, as the same way that you just removed the scales, God, from Paul's eyes. Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus that you would remove the scales, God, of those in this room spiritually, God, that they would start to understand who they are, Father, God, that they would start to see you, God, that they would start to see you in that same glory, in that same light that James and and Peter and John saw you, God. I ask in the name of Jesus, Father, right now, through the power of the Holy Spirit, God, Remove the scales in Jesus' name. And God, I ask that you would start, that you would cause us to start to feel your love, God. In the name of Jesus, Father, I just thank you. I love you, God. Father, this morning we choose to worship you and give you of our tithes and offerings, God. But we've come today to worship you in spirit and in truth. So, Father, have your way in this people, God. Father, your word says that we are the church, not this building, God. So I thank you for this church that is here right now. God, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would bless this church, God. This family, God. Bless them, Father. I ask in the name of Jesus, God, I ask that you would stretch out your hand. That you would perform signs, wonders, and miracles, God. And they wouldn't have to do anything, God, just love on you love on you and be obedient to you God Father thank you Father we thank you this morning We thank you in Jesus name And everybody said Hey listen this morning we're going to worship We're going to end this with a worship The Ushers will be at the doors but I invite you. Hey, listen, I invite you. Especially, I mean, you're going to get busy right now. You know, you're going to go eat. So listen to me. Five more minutes. Just worship him. Five more minutes. Just worship him. Worship him right now.
2: Come on, let's worship Ooh, There is none like you. other name can save me. No other name can restore. No other name can heal my heart. No other name